Hey guys, this is DP0427 here to bring you another episode of The Watchtower. And unfortunately today, Hate uh, was a bit busy and is unable to join us, but instead we have a special guest, Mr. Scotty Mac from the JLR. Hey guys, how's it going? Awesome. So let's get right down to business. On the agenda today, we have a couple of points to go over. So uh, with the end of Season 1 of Titans, uh, we have been eagerly awaiting the start of Doom Patrol, which is uh, spun off of it. So we'll be going over our thoughts of the first episode. And also, there's been some news with the end of Batfleck. Uh, Ben Affleck is now done as the Batman. As well as uh, there were some trailers released uh, for comic book movies, including Justice League vs. The Fatal Five, Shazam, uh, Avengers, Endgame, and Captain Marvel very recently, especially with um, the Super Bowl commercials. I believe it was where most of them came out. So we're going over these and we're expecting from these movies. So let's get down to the meat and potatoes, which is going to be our analysis of Doom Patrol Episode 1. So first of all... Mm -hmm. What are your general thoughts on the episode, Scotty? Oh, man. I, I thought it was fantastic. So I, I've been really enjoying the whole uh, Titans extended DC universe. Um, I, I think that, you know, the comics um, these days, I mean, the hugest market for comics was obviously boomed in the 90s, right? I mean, that's when we had so many publications, so many different titles. And I think that that really appeals to sort of that older generation now, which is uh, at want for, you know, more and more updated content. You know, like uh, we've grown up, so we want the comics and our and and our universe to grow up with us, right? We, we no longer want just the the candy floss and you know candy apple sort of version. And I mean, the '90s were a bit of a darker comic time for us, anyway, right? With uh, the whole image, you know, coming out and Spawn and sort of that appetite for those darker heroes. Yeah. And so, seeing that maturation, I think within that universe has been amazing and doom patrol kind of takes that precedent which was set uh, in titans for, with that sort of dark gritty and kind of brings that up a little bit while at the same time tempering it with some really high quality adult humor um so i really really like the recipe for success was there i guess is what i'm trying to get at I was really, really impressed with it overall. I think the casting was fantastic and um, and the, the writing was good. And there's some things about it specifically, which I think really were really the parts of the recipes of success. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to digest all of it. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, I pretty much agree with basically everything you said. Uh, the things I'd like to touch on were the fact that you mentioned like how the maturation of the comic book genre and these type of shows have grown up with us uh, from you know back in the early '80s to '90s up until now, and then now you have these characters, um, and especially with the Doom Patrol, it's such a very obscure reference to quote unquote superheroes, right? Uh, and then you. They did it a really good job, and I have to hand it to Jeff Johns uh, and the writing team for this because they really, you know, picked out the right bits and pieces for these characters and to, to bring it all together. I think, as you said, the casting was really, really well done. I loved how they did the chief robot man, everybody, right? So, I mean, getting into that, um, while we're talking about characters, who are your favorite characters from this from the first episode so far? 
So it's it's interesting because uh, like I have a snap answer, right? And my my snap answer is actually just Alan Tudyk, like the right, like nowhere man, right? Uh, the reality is, is is he? I think so. He's a great great villain. He serves as the narrator as well, um, you know, for the for the episode, and and I think that he's a fourth wall breaker, right? Sorry, he's Mister Nobody, right? Mr. Nobody. That's it. Yeah. So, so what I really love about it, I think is, you know, he's a fourth wall breaking character by default being the narrator. And for me, I just think that when I enjoy fourth wall breaking characters, they kind of need to be a little bit touched, you know, like they can't just be, they can't just be straight laced and normal. Like if they break the fourth wall, it's not okay. But you know, you see it in shows like Deadpool, for example, right? Like Deadpool fourth wall breaking is amazing. Well, I feel like, right. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like if there's anyone else that can do it that well, it's Tudyk. And it was fantastic. Just, just amazing. Such a, such a joy to behold. Okay. Now, so your, your pick is Tudyk. For me, it's Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I mean, he's a close second, right? Like, and the, the fact that you got to see him in, as a human and that whole progression, and and they sort of really doubled in on him as as the primary, I think was amazing. And how good is one of those opening scenes? Like, they established very early, without spoilers, they established very early in the episode that this is not safe for work and this is for adults. And I think that that was that was a great way to start it off. Definitely, definitely, uh, it, and it really. The thing about Robot Man, his attitude, his humor, and everything about that character is really what embodies a spin-off of Titans for me. Like, you're in the same universe. You're in the same... You have the same type of feel, uh, that greediness, that darkness. At the same time, it's a... But uh, you ha- it brings that comic aspect to it, and you know that this is different from the other show. And you feel yeah. that it's different. And I think a lot of that comes yeah. from Brandon Fraser's character. Brandon Fraser's character makes me feel like this guy's just ridiculous. He's, he's so funny. And then you see him as he's trying to figure out, you know, I'm, I'm a robot. How do I get used to this? And you feel for him as he's going, you know, getting going through those literal steps. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literal steps. Exactly. That was good. Yeah. I think, I think that that, you know, you, you made a comment earlier that, you know, the writing is, is really strong. Strong and I, and I that comes out in spades. I think especially during moments like that. And you know what I what I really appreciated. I think and and how they're going to you know how they set the tone to for expectation throughout the course of the series about you know exploring backgrounds and you know how we're going to get into the the flesh of the characters uh, as they introduced new characters. They then kind of flash to how those characters were created. I felt like how that whole origin story piece was executed uh, was really well done because it was interesting enough without feeling like it was being force fed to me. And for me, that was, that was really, really important. I mean, we got introduced a little bit to them during Titans, but you know, nothing like we did for this episode. Uh, interesting that you reference Titans now. If you think back to the first episode of Titans and because these are both written uh, and directed by Jeff Johns. Uh, yeah. Now, 
I feel that this episode is mimicking the same type of thing that Titans did in the first episode, where you get to see a little bit of everybody, you get to see a little bit of their background story, and uh, you see how they all sort of mesh together. Um, but I would expect then, if you follow the same formula, that the further the, the episodes following this one are going to be sort of like one character or maximum two character based per episode. So you, you feel the same. See, see, I don't at all actually. Uh, so for me in this case, it feels like they're kind of skipping all of the one-off, two-off, right? Because I mean, when they sh- when they introduce us to the characters. They're already together, right? They're already a group. They live together, you know? So I think we kind of get to skip that eight episodes of filler in Titans where they're trying to slowly build themselves together, you know? Uh, And I'm really excited about that because I think that... I think a lot of that needed to be done in Titans to help kind of flesh out the world and the universe and the tone of of that world in general. Um, but they they have the luxury now of being able to skip ahead of all of that, and you know they can really just kind of focus on the characters and what's going on and and the troubles that are in front of them. I mean, we're going to get Cyborg throughout this too, right? So maybe there's still going to be that element where when they introduce him and and how he acclimates to the environment, and you know, I, I can't wait to see the parallels between. You know, Cyborg and uh, and Robot Man, and how instrumental of a part he plays in trying to help him adjust to his new status quo. You know, um, but yeah, so that's really good. Now, what I was thinking about when you're saying that these these characters have already been somewhat developed in Titan, so they can kind of skip a little bit of that development, right? Now, well, it's more the world so than the characters, but yeah, go on. Right. So as you were mentioning, like Cyborg's coming in later on, and if Cyborg mm-hmm. in later on, they're probably going to do sort of an origin story with him, something with the Mother Box his father having to graft it onto him and so on and so forth, right? So if they do that, I would imagine that they could probably do something for maybe Crazy Jane because she wasn't so developed in Titans, right? So that could... Agree. I could see maybe... Because if you think about Cyborg and Crazy Jane, think of it like, I guess, uh, Hawk and Dove maybe, or characters that are sort of support characters they're there they're part of the team but they're not really part of the team but they do get their own episodes later on so that's what i'm I'm expecting to come down the line i think that uh crazy jane is basically our uh our crazy russian doll you know of uh of surprises i i think that as they slowly unpack her character i mean what they said in the first episode i think it's, there's like 63 65 different personalities in her or something literally cannot wait to see those start to unpack because i think that that's <laughs> that's going to be the source of a lot of the the comedic shock and and i'm really excited for it because she seems really really cool and the fact that robot man and her kind of like really clicked I thought that was really awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. I like that really that that one bit there during like that pre-battle sequence, right? And then you have the battle sequence. Uh, well, I guess it's not really a battle; it's more of just like a disaster sequence. But uh, yeah, disaster sequence is well put. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now it's funny because you, uh, without any spoilers, you get to see throughout the show um, maybe three of her personalities at that point, right? But you mm-hmm. get to see yep. the third one. You get to see like it like a little bit, and then it just sort of tapers off after that. But you know. It was yeah. pretty funny, and I expect to see a lot of that development throughout the show. It's going to be really comical, I'd imagine, too. So, um, now, uh, in terms of the other characters, now we talked a lot about Robot Man, a bit of Crazy Jane. What do you think about the last two women, Negative Man, and the Chief? So, uh, 
I think that they've done a really good job of trying to establish sort of the roles that each one of them are going to play going forward. Um, but I think that as far as the casting and the characterization goes, so I don't like Rita as much, uh-huh. if I'm being honest. Uh-huh. Uh, she's probably the weakest character out of all of them. And Matt Bomer's character, you know, he, you can see sort of the pain and the tribulations and stuff that, you know, that he's going through. And I, and I hope they expand upon him. I don't, I don't dislike him. I just feel like he's underwritten. Yeah. Uh, as of episode one, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, but Rita, I think, is my least favorite so far. Aside from that, yeah, I, I think that uh, the Chief's also really good. They recast the Chief, right? Because there was someone else that was doing it for uh, the Titans episode, and they recast Timothy Dalton in the role for this time. And I'm a huge Timothy Dalton fan, even though there's so many people out there that hate on him. But I think he did a pretty good job in this, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else he brings yeah, to the table. To me. But uh, in terms of the... Now, as you're saying, I follow the same line of thinking when it comes to Rita. I wasn't so impressed with her character. It really feels like, well, she's supposed to be like you know this person that is not a great human being as crazy jane was saying right so Fair. um so that part i get it. but now if you talk about negative man and let's talk about Bat- matt bomer for a second i love Matt bomer as an actor so like i i love white collar so yeah that show is so good so yeah you know, I, I i was so thrilled that he was negative man in this series but um i i would agree with you that you saying you're saying that he's underwritten i think that's on purpose though they made him i agree yeah a little bit pathetic now if you look at how he was introduced in the titans he was introduced as like this really happy-go-lucky cool type of character right so i think they're gonna sort of get to that point so that build up to He's really pathetic looking now, but he's going to be really awesome later or really, you know, fun and happy-go-lucky at some point later. That's what I think they're going to build up to. So, at least I hope so. So, Yeah, I agree. I'm hopeful as well. Okay. Well, aside from Rita, is there anything from the show that you didn't like so far? You know what? Overall, no, I'm I'm pretty good. I mean, the pacing was good. The cinematography was good. Uh, The flashbacks were well handled. Uh, They... You know, the, they jumped right into. By the time it was all said and done, they jumped right into it. They established mysteries. Like, honestly, man, I felt like it was really well done. I I don't have anything else bad to say about it. I think they were all great. I'm more or less in the same position as you. So with that, I guess we'll wrap it up there for Doom Patrol, and we'll move on to the next thing on the agenda. All right. Sure. The next thing on the agenda is the end of Batfleck. Um, so Ben Affleck uh, has announced that he will no longer be playing the role of Batman for anything with uh, DC and Warner Brothers going forward um, as his contract has ended. Now, a little bit of history behind this. We talked about this, I think, way back when on um, other episodes of WRL broadcasts uh, or mm-hmm. Oddsman's before. We talked about how Ben Affleck was battling alcohol alcoholism sometime last year and was in rehab during the summer. <laughs> Booze, pills, women. Yeah, got it. Right. So during that time, well, he, he, he came out and publicly announced that he was going to rehab for himself, for his family, etc., etc. He also at that time said he was going to take a break from directing the Batman. He was actually slated to be the director at that point. But acting in the Batman was still on the table at that point now later on he finally came on and said okay you know what we're done uh his contracts ended and he didn't renew his contract with uh wb whether it was on his end 
WB's in or it was uh, mutual. We don't know. But he said that now a lot of it is uh, a lot of the things I've been reading and even he himself has, has said on, I think it was um, the, the Jimmy Kimmel show. He said that the Batman, um, his vision of the Batman did not mesh well with Warner Brothers and other screenwriters. And we, I have in, kind of in brackets, Jeff Johns, question mark, because there was mention of Jeff Johns potentially being a screenwriter for the Batman as well, which I thought would have been awesome because Jeff Johns literally the only thing that could save that franchise right now. Jeff Johns is awesome. Like, look what he did with Titans and look what he's doing with Doom Patrol. He's got the Midas touch right now. Like, I think he's really got his fingers on the pulse of uh, of what the consumers want. Yeah, Exactly. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we now know that the Batman will be under the direction of Matt Reeves. And it's supposedly, from what I'm reading, it's supposed to be like sort of a world's greatest detective style of character with the Penguin as the main villain. So now, that's all we know for right now. It's supposed to be like, not Batman Year One, but not like not like Batman Begins, but not like The Dark Knight either. It's sort of like somewhere in the mm-hmm. right? And he hasn't, it's basically like before he takes on the Joker. So it's all the other, the, the beginning of the rogues gallery, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. at this point now, we know that Ben Affleck's not on the table anymore and Matt Reeves is the director. Who would you think is, would be a good replacement for Ben Affleck then? Literally anybody. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like Ben, I, like I could go on and wax poetic for 20 minutes about how terrible the Batman Ben Affleck was, and it likely all stems. If I were to sit on the on the, the therapist couch for about it, probably all stems from the implementation of it during Batman versus Superman because that whole movie was the largest dumpster fire I've ever had to sit through in my entire life. I definitely agree with you. Hot take. I was a, <laughs> I was a big Superman fan, and I was struggling to get through that movie. Um, yeah, but you know, I think that. He he sort of bad now Ben Affleck I will give him some credit though like that movie was probably garbage but I think that the Justice League was not bad like he brought the Batman character back around in that movie so I, I give him some credit there so I don't think he was terrible in the Justice League but he was a lot better than in Batman v Superman right so oh, oh sh- sure but I mean that that's a low bar to jump over <laughs> fair enough I, I personally like Batfleck you know uh, to a certain degree but now the other thing about Batman Batfleck being uh, in the next Batman would uh, being in the next Batman movie the thing that uh, I think also that wouldn't mesh well is the fact that he's so old Ben Affleck as a person is is what in his almost 50 or is he's in his 50 yeah right yeah and they're looking at younger Batman at this point right so that was going to be my follow-up question to that actually so like what age bracket are we really talking about here in terms of Batman what I'm reading online, they're basically looking for any you know prominent male actor in Hollywood that's within their early or mid to late twenties to thirty-five. I would say is the range that they're looking for. Looking for, but some of the other sites that I've been reading, it's like people that could replace Ben Affleck, for example, have uh, people who are a little bit in their later thirties, maybe closer to and even in their mid early to mid forties as candidates. For example, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Ryan Gosling, of all people. Uh, um, and then some other, you know, enfranchised actors that are well known. But those two are the first two that jump out to me. Now Ryan Gosling is because he's Canadian. He's he's pretty good. I like him as an actor, and he's trying to, you know, I don't think he would take it because it's not a it's not a war it's not a, a role that will get him an Emmy, right? So right. So I think that like Jake Gyllenhaal is a good answer, is a good op- option for me though. Like when I read when I thought Jake Gyllenhaal, oh yeah, that 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 jumps out the page, jumps right off the page at me. So I mean. <laughs> 
See, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't see like so Jake Gyllenhaal. So I I, I I know people that work on his team, okay, like in, in the business. And although he got like pretty jacked up for Prince of Persia, um, a lot of his recent films have kind of had him on the smaller side of the scale, a smaller side of the, the body mass index, as it were. Uh, okay. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if, if he's going to be able to get there because like you need Bruce Wayne to be obviously clearly fit, right? Like he needs to be able to to really get it done now. So there's one I'm searching through uh, a bunch of sites here that have made some comments. So basically what has kind of come up is they've said, uh, the race doesn't even matter as far as who they're searching for. Um, you know, and on that list too, I think. Yeah. 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 And he's not going to pick someone who's already had a major superhero role. So that already excludes like a lot of people. Um, but I'm looking at this, this list on, on a comic, comicbook.com. And I think the one that I like the most actually is Ben Barnes. Okay. On the, that that's on this list. So Ben Barnes was uh, was in Westworld. Okay. And he is the uh, he's one of the antagonists for well, I guess protagonist slash antagonist for uh, a younger version of the Man in Black. So this is sort of where the the guy. For those of you that uh, have seen Westworld, right, that you'll remember him. He's kind of bearded and, and tall, but I think that he's kind of got the same sort of build. And more importantly, he definitely shows that, you know, the capacity to show that darker edge while coupled with... I think if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he already... Oh, maybe the problem is, doesn't he already play uh, Jigsaw in The Punisher? Oh, uh, you could... Maybe he does. Should that... Yeah, maybe he does. So that's... That's probably a problem then. Do they say that like it can't be like actors who have superhero roles in movies because that's a TV show, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's he might he might be okay. He might be a good one. But... Another thing that to, uh, came to mind was the the character the guy that plays uh, Superman in the Supergirl series, um, Tyler Hoechlin. Yeah, right, right. So he was on the list that I saw as well. So. Mm-hmm. So he could he has sort of like the the sort of body and build and the face for Bruce Wayne, right? So he's you know dark hair. He absolutely does. So yep, I could see that too. Um, yeah. All right. Well, before we you know get carried away with who could be the next Batman, I'm sure I just was trying. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God! Somebody actually posted Ashton Kutcher might be a good. I'm like, wow, Lord, this is good Lord no. This is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> In, instantly lost all credibility. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> On to something a little bit more different, then I guess uh, we there was sure. a bunch of uh, movie trailers that um, that came out recently. So let's just start with uh, the first one that's DC related: uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which is an animated movie. Um, and I guess you you had a chance to watch the trailer, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I've watched all these. So what do you think of uh, what we know so far? So I, th- I think it's going to be good. I mean, I think as long as one of the things that's really important, I think, from a recipe standpoint uh, for all of these sort of Justice League animated movies going forward is even if you're doing offshoots, you know, with the non-Trinity characters, for example, which this one seems to be focused a lot in, you still need to make sure you have the anchor of the Trinity voice actors to come back for these things, for their appearances. And I think that in order to try to maintain that whole it's a whole one, it's one universe, you know, and to, to have that illusion sort of stick, that needs to be there. And I think that they've done a really good job with this. And I know that what they wanted to do specifically with this film was to do a story that 
you know, wasn't really super mainstream with a bunch of characters that weren't super mainstream. And it sounds like from what I've seen, they're executing on that really well. And Kage, you know, is probably really excited about the fact that he finally gets a J. Cruz movie. So that's going to help too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he was talking about that a lot during, and he was like bringing up the trailer every moment he could. Um, but me personally, I'm actually excited for Mr. Terrific being in the movie. So you don't see Mr. Me too. very often. So yeah, that that's awesome. But- he was, he like, I mean, in the CW shows, I felt like he was one of those neat characters that I'm glad they brought to the screen. Obviously, you know, spoiler alert, he is no longer a regular on the series, but um, I'm not not 100% sold on how he implemented on the CW show, but uh, it was enough to generate interest in me for the to try to explore into the character. And yeah, I agree. Like, I'm super hyped to see how this goes off because the, the whole like Black Lightning implementation in Young Justice right now compared to, you know, like you see him on the CW show and you're like, oh, I didn't know a lot about Black Lightning. That's neat. I'm going to see what's up. And then the way he was implemented in Young Justice, it's the same sort of progression for me with Mr. Terrific. So I'm super hyped to see what they do. Me too, completely. And then and then now we have him in game. <laughs> so yeah, Exactly. And he's pretty gassed. I wouldn't be surprised that after the uh, the, the Justice League uh, versus the Fatal Five movie comes out, we get a Mr. Terrific character, for example, in the game. So That'd be cool. There you go. Uh, then we also got a second trailer or more of like a very like a TV spot-ish type of trailer for Shazam and I think we've talked about the first trailer of Shazam before um, just through Discord chat but what do you think of the Shazam movie so far? So the Shazam movie has a special place in my heart, okay? Because where it was being filmed, I was working literally around the corner from. <laughs> cool. Okay. So so there's a special place in my heart to like see a bunch of the scenes. Like the one scene, for example, where they're doing the, the flight test with the half pipe. Yeah. Literally no like have stood there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I'm really, really excited to kind of see all of those little landmarks and and that's really exciting. Uh but Shazam as a character I think is is really interesting and one that I've always enjoyed. So, you know, trying to see how this implements, I think is going to be neat. The, the writing seems really sharp and the kid actors seem, you know, quippy enough um, that it should be, should be exciting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And I think that they did a better job with this, trying to show sort of more of the finished special effects, uh, more of the action and, and introduce a lot of that, um, you know, tension between the, uh, the, the the bad guy and, and Shazam. So I think that's that's pretty cool. I really hope that this movie takes off, uh, mainly because the second movie, as it comes around, is probably going to have Black Adam in it, or Black because they know that we know that Black Adam's going to have his own standalone movie, and it's The Rock playing Black Adam. So mm-hmm. I really hope that Shazam does well, so that we can have a good crossover with Black Adam. Because if that doesn't go well, like Black Adam, although it's you know written, it's contracted, and it's it's pretty much set in stone. Things can always change. So, you know, I really hope that... I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if there isn't a Black Adam appearance slash reference slash allusion within the post credit scene of this movie. I, I would be shocked. I really hope we get to see The Rock, but, you know, crossing fingers, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So the next trailer on the docket was the Avengers uh, Endgame trailer. So this was quite short. It was about like 30 seconds long or something like that, right? It's a teaser trailer more than anything else, right? So what did you think about it? it I mean, 
There really isn't a lot going on there. I've watched so many different YouTube reviewers as well, which are like trying to go deep and unpack every single frame by frame. And this means this person's alive and look at this space in this scene. And, and truthfully, like this is just a teaser trailer. And it's really just a reminder to say, hey, guys, guess what? We're still coming out later. Um, so uh, it was fine. It served that purpose of reminding me, yep, it's coming. Sweet time to you know start to think about getting excited. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. But I didn't really think they gave us a lot. The one thing that I'm, I'm interested to know, because... Like people who know of the Infinity, the Infinity Wars from the comics, know that literally my favorite comic series ever. Right. So we're clear. So yeah. there, there are some characters that are very essential to how it all unfolds, right? And a lot of them are in the well, currently still alive, or quote, you know, may or may not be coming back at some point later, right? But um, there are some key characters I thought we would see more of. Like we saw Iron Man looking at a mask. Like looking at, I guess, one of his old uh, mocks, mock suits, I think. I think it's his current helmet after the battle on Mars. Oh, right, right. And he was recording something, right? That was from another trailer. Yeah. He was recording something to Pepper, yeah. Right, right, right. Now, the way I, there are other key characters that we know that are supposed to be, you know, integral to the whole, like, you know, unraveling of that whole thing. We didn't get to see much of them. So, uh, like, one of the, not to really spoil too much of it, but we do know from the previous Avengers movie that Nebula is quite important. Like, she's just part of that whole thing, right? We didn't get to see Nebula. Yeah, but- Where's Nebula? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Nebula. I think, no, no. I, th- I think in the teaser, I think in the teaser, there is a quick scene. She's with, uh, yeah, just a quick snippet. I think she's with Rocket and those folks. Oh, she was? Okay. She's, a, she's, a, she's in Wakanda, right? If, I'm, if I remember correctly. That's what I didn't understand. How is she in Wakanda? She's supposed to be on Titan with Iron Man. Right? <laughs> or maybe that's what, yeah, maybe that's what. Like, yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I understand. They cut these things on purpose too to try to, you know, to prevent things like this, right? Okay. They cut them so that it's pieces from the end and then pieces in the middle and then pieces in the beginning. And it's all jumbled up in such a way that they intentionally try to misdirect you so you can't figure out the plot. They, I have to give these guys all the credit in the world, the Russos. They've done a great job with that over the course of uh, I guess let's move on to the next trailer that came out during the Super Bowl. It was for Captain Marvel. And this one is... So hype. Yeah. This one's after the Avengers, right? So Avengers is in March and Captain Marvel... No. So it's the other way around. Sorry. Captain Marvel yeah. in March and Avengers in April. Right. I remember because Avenger A, April. Right. <laughs> Avenger, Avengers always comes out on my birthday weekend. Right. So okay. I'm going to see it. For, yeah, I'm going to see it for my birthday. It's going to be sick. They just wanted to use the A, April thing all the time. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it might be what it is. Additional, additional alliteration on the marquees where they get to go Avengers Assemble April. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so the Captain Marvel trailer. Now, first of all, uh, we know it from the end of the previous Avengers movie. You see with the whole um, paging the Captain Marvel, the Nick Fury page thing before he disappeared. Mm-hmm. Now, that whole thing. Uh, how do you think that's going to like line up with Captain Marvel? Is it going to go like right from that scene into the movie, or are we going to start with like you know back in the day when Nick Fury was young and before his Pulp Fiction days? You know, <laughs> and, yeah. It's well, it's going to be interesting, right? Like, do they pick up from there and then you get introduced to her? Like, I don't think they even address that piece until the end. Like, I have a feeling that this whole movie 
is going to have nothing to do, no crossover whatsoever with the Avengers Infinity War. I think what's going to happen is we have a full self-contained encapsulated Captain Marvel movie where we get introduced to the character, how she came to be, how the relation, it'll explain all of the relationships that she should and should not have over the course of that. And then in the post credit scene, she's going to get the page. I see. So you're going to see the other half of it, her receiving the page. <laughs> during the during the post credit scene, yes, absolutely. I think that's how that's going to. Basically, it's going to be like what the Wonder One, the Wonder Woman movie was to Batman v Superman, right? One hundred percent accurate. <laughs> see the yeah that that probably sounds quite accurate to me. That just makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and that we know that formula works how, with the way Wonder Woman, you know, was received. So yeah, all right, yeah. fair enough. So, um, we only have a couple more months. Well, one one more month until uh, Captain Marvel, then a month uh, after that for uh, Shazam and Avengers. So, uh, mm-hmm. by those times, we'll have you back on to actually talk over like the movies after we watch them. <laughs> yeah, sweet. That'd be good. Yeah, I watch every single, th- every, all the content, all the CW shows, movies. I'm just, I'm hooked, right? I mean, it's all of the great entertainment and great programming that, you know, when cartoons were cool when we were kids. And, uh, you know, now they're growing up with us too. So, yeah, I, I watch it all for better or worse and always have lots to say so I'd, I'd love to be back anytime you're in good company it was fun especially with me but uh, the other guys don't really like the CW shows that much so if we go over the CW st- shows it'll probably just be the two of us <laughs> yeah it's fine with me man I'm game alright okay fair enough right, good to have you on man so uh, until next time thank you for tuning in to this edition of WROL Broadcasts a subsidiary of the Oddsman, and we are legends. To view additional content and support the show, please go to patreon.com slash broadcasts.